You're listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, and my name is Rog. Join me as I invite sexuality specialists to do our best to answer your questions about sex. Topics range from the simple through to the ridiculously complex. So long as it somehow relates to sex, it's up for grabs. Please be mindful that some topics might be great stuff for younger people to listen to, and some might not. Curious Conversations About Sex is brought to you by Curious Creatures, who run a variety of workshops on related topics in Australia. Find Curious Creatures and submit your questions for us to answer at curiouscreatures.biz. B-I-Z. Today we're chatting with Barbara Corellis and Cindy Darnell. Uh, we'll uh, hear a little more about what they're up to after the show, but um, perhaps, uh, Cindy, if you could first just say a couple of words about um, who you are and what you do. Thanks, Rog. Well, I'm a sex and relationship therapist and I'm based in Melbourne, although I also see uh, clients over Skype. And I've been working in sexuality in a bunch of different capacities for over 20 years. And I can't believe it's been that long. And uh, I'm still not tired yet. So that's a good thing. (laughs) Um, And I, in addition to my clinical practice, um, I also teach workshops from time to time, and I've just come back from a holiday in India where I've been writing my first book oh. about libido and desire, so that's a little bit exciting. On behalf of the people, we are excited. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing, and it's, it's look, it's a bit of a labor of love trying to get inspired and all of that kind of yeah. Stuff, but um, I'm finding the process, the process of the discipline, really exciting, and um, I'm hoping that it's going to be ready to go to a publisher in about six weeks. So, yeah, yeah, fantastic. That's uh, where I'm at right now. And Barbara, who are you? Hi, Rog. And hello, Cindy. Uh, I'm Barbara Corellis, and I'm the author of Urban Tantra, Sacred Sex for the 21st Century, and Ecstasy is Necessary. I am also a sex educator. I'm based in New York City, um, as well as an author, and I'm a sex life coach. And I travel around the world teaching workshops, which is just about my very favorite thing to do. And my proudest accomplishment and achievement is the Urban Tantra Professional Training Program, where a bunch of sexuality professionals get together and make the world safe for sexual expression, erotic art, uh, sex education, and all the myriad ways that we can use sexuality pleasurably, healing-wise, and progressively in the modern world. And I'll be coming back to Australia in April and May of 2017. Uh, So much of my work was grown in Australia. That's how Cindy and I first met. So um, once again, being part of this Australian uh, new podcast is very exciting for me and feels like coming home again. So thanks, Raj, for asking me. So great to have the both of you on the show. My question is, how do I introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Uh, we've been doing more or less the same thing over and over. It's not bad, but I want more. So how do I introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Um, maybe, I don't know, Cindy, I feel like this could be um, over to uh, your territory. Have you got any thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Yeah. So I guess the first thing 
that we have to do here is define what does more interesting sex mean because what might be interesting to one person um, might be utterly tedious to another or completely terrifying or something in between. <laughs> so, <laughs> so more interesting um, really does need to be defined. So let's say, let's assume that perhaps this person asking about how do we introduce more interesting sex Maybe what they're referring to is uh, a practice that perhaps doesn't involve genitals because I think a lot of people tend to default to when they think of sex, they tend to think of genitals, which um, is good and, you know, that's fine and completely a reasonable assumption. However, um, the more that we progress in the world of sexuality, we start to realize that sex is lots of things to lots of different people. And for some people, sex is not about genitals. It's about a whole heap of other things. And so an interesting sex practice that this person might be wanting to introduce their partner to might be, uh, let's say, using rope. Sure. Sounds plausible. And... Yeah, and so it might be using rope and it might be um, involving uh, just the, the process of learning how to do this or, or even having a discussion about, you know, would you like to do this with me? So if, um, let's say, it is rope or um, or even perhaps something even less confrontational, let's say about a, a blindfold. Yeah, it could be a million things. Could be, I'm just thinking like different forms of sensory touch or sensory awakening rituals or who knows, yeah. Look, exactly, because it really could be anything. So it's sort of hard to answer when we don't know exactly what it is that we're talking about when we're talking about interesting practices. But one of the most helpful ways of introducing it, in my experience, is <laughs> to blame the media. Now, what I mean by that... <laughs> Yes, that's what, what I, mean I do that. too. Yes. <laughs> when in doubt, blame the media. Blame the podcast. People can blame me. You know what? I'm really good at taking blame for stuff like this. So if in doubt, blame me. My what favorite I mean lead is- in is I saw on Oprah this kind of interesting thing. Uh, Oprah's my favorite one to blame. Yeah, that's that's exactly the thing. Although I don't know if uh, does Oprah talk about sex? Not as no, much. No, that's be, well, that's you're right. Not not quite in the same way that we talk about sex, but yeah, they do. <laughs> they do, they do. Um, but that that's usually the the one of the better defaults um, to test the waters of any new play partner or, or you know old play partner even um, is to say I was reading an article or I saw a video or yes. I had a yes. chat with Kathy at the coffee shop the other day and she <laughs> said blah, blah, blah. To, to, to test out the waters that way rather than saying um, I want to do this thing, what do you think about that? I mean, you can do that as well. There's nothing wrong with saying I, it more directly. I completely agree with you. some folks, that's intimidating. I completely agree with you, Cindy, because we want to minimize the, the, the critical voice. We don't want to sound like, um, I want to do something different because I've really hated everything you've been doing with me for our entire relationship. And people can get very, very sensitive (laughs) about things like that. And the other thing that I, the other don't do that I would recommend is don't bring this up during or 
immediately after a lovemaking session where people are incredibly yeah. open and impressionable. Wait until, yeah. as Cindy suggested, you're just kind of sitting over a coffee and go, oh, I was reading the other day and this looked kind of interesting. Mm, yeah. Have you yeah. ever thought of that? I agree. That's such a great point. Very neutral I... settings. Very neutral settings. Yes. Definitely, I think one of the, the my rules of thumb, and this is something I've been writing about in my book, um, is to not talk about sex in the place where you have it. Yes, so, yes, yes. <laughs> talk yes. about it, and talk about it in another room. Talk about it when you're out walking the dog, or when you're having breakfast, yeah. and there's a table between you. You know, places where um, the conversation can feel like it's starting on an even footing. Because for a lot of people, talking about sex or renegotiating um, certain practices is very vulnerable yeah. making. And if you're lying in bed or in your sex space and you're possibly nude, um, you're already very vulnerable. So I love yes. And then to go in and have a very vulnerable conversation on top of that for some people, that can be their idea of terror. I, I love your intervention, Cindy, around around if you if you anticipate that you might be getting a bit of a negative or a shame response uh, from the person you're going to be chatting to, you can sort of step out of the line of that fire and say, yeah, I, I read this article or I heard this podcast or someone said something about something. I, I like what you're doing there, making it gentle on yourself. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm totally fine with people blaming me for stuff. <laughs> Completely welcome to blame me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you don't have to say like that. I thought the most interesting part of this was, but you could say the person in the video or in the article, what they liked about it was blah, 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 blah. And that exactly. was the part that I thought, well, that was interesting. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine that. You not so much, huh? What, what, when I say that, what does it bring up for you? And then you can get what the turnoff is. Yes. I think it's weird. I think it would hurt. Uh, that would scare me, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you're into a bigger conversation, which can lead to what we in the sex ed biz and in the BDSM world as well, think of as a yes, no, maybe list. And you can play a game once you get over this initial conversation where you can say, would you ever be, Cindy, would you ever be interested in being tied up? Yes, no, or maybe. Uh Uh And then... And then Cindy I think, would answer. yeah, and that one of the other helpful things with that is when, if I was to say maybe, which is going to be my answer to you, Barbara. Although, in fact, if it was you, Barbara, I would say yes, but that's because I've known you for twenty years and I trust you completely to sign <laughs> me up. However, if I didn't know you very well, I would say maybe, and then at that point, it would be an opportunity to introduce caveats around. Um, right. What conditions would need to be met in order for me to feel safe? The yes, no, maybe game is also great for exploring variety. And anybody who wants to play the game can just Google uh, yes, no, maybe at list and come up with some interesting, passionate and frightening things that are possibilities in the great wild world of sex. Just saying. Yeah, and th- there's other lists out there online where you can enter in all of the details of the things or list the things that you're potentially interested in and then your partner or your partners then list the things that they're interested in and it only outs you for the things that you have in common, uh, which is another <gasps> nice Good nice one. way to get around that. And, yeah, on the on the maybe question, uh, the, 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 the follow-up question would be, um, so... If you were to be interested in this particular activity, what mechanisms or safeties would need to be in place? What would we need to do to make it 
something approachable or accessible. But um, yeah, go on, Cindy. I, I, uh, do you have, have more you want to say about, about your thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Um, it, you mean in regards to how do we set up uh, safety boundaries? Or... Well, I, we, we, we threw the question to you first and then Barbara and I have been having a wonderful time interrupting oh. you all, the whole way through. So I just wanted to make sure that we've um, <laughs> gotten to the end of your thoughts. Fine. <laughs> That's very generous of you. That's what I mean. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the letter Great. G for generous. So, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, context, context. You can explain what was going on to the listeners. Roger talking about. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Cindy is a Sesame Street fan. For those of you who wondered what that was about, and so mm. there will probably be Sesame Street. See, uh, street references throughout <laughs> most anything she talks about, which makes sex ed ever so much more entertaining, in my opinion. <laughs> so uh, my my thoughts on the topic were, um, yeah, like like similar lines. I think almost all of this is to do with how uh, one communicates about what one is after. Um, I think the first one that the first thing that has to be done is to work on and process um, bad reactions. So if I speak in the first person, if I'm wanting to approach a partner with a new idea, I need to work on bad reactions I've had elsewhere. So shameful responses. Um, yeah. And any shameful responses that have come up in this particular relationship, because it's this really tricky thing. Sometimes when you're the partner in a relationship uh, where and, and, and your partner is coming to you saying, hey, how about this? How about this? How about this? It, it's actually incumbent on you to do a really good job of holding those questions, even if you're not into them. So rather than just dismissing them out of hand or laughing or shaming the person making the offers, you need to actually hold them in a way of saying something along the lines of thank you, but no thank you. Um, uh, otherwise, at a certain point in time, the offers will just stop coming and then the sex life just stops. Yes. Yes. So I, th I think all of those sorts of the little yelches that, that accumulate over the years um, uh, need, to be, uh, need to be processed. Yes. And then otherwise, my thoughts are mainly around just uh, getting educated. Uh, so if we go with your example of ropes, Cindy, um, and, and say a partner is introducing ropes, then um, get educated find out what it's about and why people are into it. Um, yes. Find out how to tie up just a couple of really conservative, basic, safe knots. And then you sort of need to step into your rank as an educator within the relationship and just slowly, 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 like it's just so much better to do a little bit too little rather than a little bit too much because you do too much and you push people too hard and they have a snapback reaction like a rubber band and you never get to go there again. Yeah. So I think I think most of these things are all just about building trust. The 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 ropes in this case are actually, you know, just this funny little bolt-on skill. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Yes, that's true. Yeah. So um, what about uh, to you, Barbara? Did you have any further thoughts on how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex that we haven't already sort of teased out of you? I'll just follow on to what you just said. And that, and that was sometimes um, if somebody's a bit apprehensive, let's say that you have asked if you can tie up your partner because you think that would be really hot. And they're, they're in the maybe range and they're looking for their comfort zone and say, well... Why don't you tie Maybe me range. up? Why don't you tie me up? Would that be okay? Well, I don't know how to do that. Well, that's okay. Just just let's do a little 
the wrist thing in a blindfold. And let's just see what that's like. Something like that. And if they're open to that, then they have an opportunity to see that it's not so scary, that you're fine with it, that uh, the mere touching of rope doesn't bring up anything too traumatic. So sometimes reversing it's very helpful, even if it's not particularly erotic, but rather just we're going to walk through this and see how we feel. Mm. It doesn't have to be included in sex play the first time. I love what it you're saying about... It doesn't have to be erotic. Yeah. It's just I love how what you're saying about free yourself up from having to make it erotic or having to make it good. Um, I almost feel like you need to set up academic play sessions uh, where you're just doing something really academic with like learning goals and everything else and free yourself up from the, <laughs> from the pressure to get it right. Yeah. Totally. Especially in, in kinky play, especially in kinky play. Just, you know, it's, it's, it's a, hey, if, you know, if you were going to go build a bookshelf, you'd have to like figure out how to nail wood together, so to yeah. speak. And so any skill is like that. You have to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And keeping it away from our deepest, most vulnerable emotional spaces is a really good idea at first when we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> I agree. Such a good point. Such a good point. Um, and I think even you can uh, break it down into its uh, commensurate steps. Um, so like maybe if you were doing a really step-by-step -step training, we, we keep on going with the rope example, so let's stay with it. Um, maybe step one would just be like find some sensory ways that you can play with that rope on my body um, without ever uh, getting to the stage of tying a knot or a hitch or anything like that. Just experiment with tension and soft and whatever else. Mm. Um, and then that, that's step one. Hey, that didn't go too badly. And the same is true of something like spanking, which is also really popular. What spot feels good? Yeah. Um, how hard feels good? With what part of the hand feels good? Yeah. And then when we've got just some basic familiarity with what feels good and where, the next night maybe we can bring it in with a couple of cute smacks in the middle of lovemaking. And then suddenly things get integrated with some laughter and some humor and a bit of confidence. Yes. I'm smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Um, any further thoughts, uh, Barbara, or any thoughts from any of us on, on the question of how to introduce a partner to more interesting sex? Anything we haven't already covered? I think we got this one, and yeah. it would be cool if people, you know, um, emailed you or contacted you to see what ideas they had. It's a good ongoing conversation. Mm, yes, it is indeed. Um, yeah. I just had the thought that um, uh, one of the things I'm I'm really happy to have made is these things are called cons consent cards, and on it. Oh, I I've got one of those in my wallet. Oh, fantastic! And. On it, they have about 17 questions uh, where the first time you do a particular type of play with a person, it's really good to go through all of the questions uh, thoroughly um, because there's almost no chance that you can go off on the wrong direction or misunderstand each other at the end of that. Now, you don't have to go that wildly. You don't have to buy one of those consent cards. You can get all those questions for free off my website. And for some activities, you won't need to go through them all. Um, but that's going to dig you out of a lot of tricky situations when you're starting new yeah. play with someone. Absolutely. And I think one Great of the things idea. with consent as well, and, and certainly the questions on your uh, website and on your card really help people uh, develop the, the confidence to be start asking the questions that need to be asked in order 
to gauge consent is that we have to remember that consent is much more nuanced than simply yes and no. And that space in between where we're talking about the maybes and we're talking about that sort of tentative edging forward, especially when we're uh, doing new things or, you know, introducing in, in, uh, what is it, interesting sex practices, um, that there may be an element of apprehension and that that is okay. And so that process of perpetually checking in um, is especially important if we're edging into territory where there's going to be more vulnerability than usual. And to recognize that, well, you know, you said yes yesterday, that doesn't mean that I'm still saying yes today or that the conditions might change or the conditions might change in the middle of the scene, in the middle of what you're doing. And that those that conversation has to be an ongoing thing. It's not a simply black-white uh, yes and no. I think a lot of people would like for consent to be that simple, but it is actually much more complex and nuanced than that, especially when we're getting into more complex erotic territory. Oh, great. I, I think the other thing we might want to remember is that complex emotion, uh, erotic territory also leads to complex emotional territory. Absolutely. So when you're, when, when you're buying one package, you get the other for free. This is actually... There's <laughs> 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 that gene generosity again. <laughs> However, it really needs to be understood. So emotions such as... Uh, Laughter, uh, laughter, giggles, um, crying are not uh, to be avoided, but uh-huh. rather to be welcomed. Yes. And neither of them precludes consent. I mean, yeah. consent is something that needs to stay verbal so that things like wild giggles are not erroneously misinterpreted as a yes and sobbing is not erroneously misinterpreted as a no really good because often they're quite the opposite that sobbing can be delicious and giggling can be i'm gonna die if you don't stop so yeah yeah let's let's separate those those two that come in the same package shall we so who knew hey we started out with a conversation about more interesting sex and we wind up in a conversation with about consent and communication well fancy that (laughs) Uh, It's been a fantastic and juicy conversation. So I would love to hear a little more about anything that the two of you have got coming up. Um, Perhaps, uh, Cindy, we'll start with you. Um, I would love to hear a little more about, um, if you want to say something about uh, what type of, uh, what you do as a practitioner and uh, your uh, perfect type of client and, of course, how those clients can find you. Mm -hmm. So I'm just in the process of launching a new uh, series of workshops, um, which, you know, I have, I mean, I've put it on my website, but I haven't done any promotion for it yet. So this is, this is brand new, hot off the press. Nobody knows about this except you guys and my friend who I went out with last night because um, <laughs> I haven't done any PR for it yet. But I'm, I'm running some um, mindfulness and intimacy Uh, workshops for women who experience um, trauma and pain with sex and sexuality because um, on my break while I was away in India, I did a lot of research into what are the current um, best practices uh, that clinicians are using around the world to work 
with um, pain and trauma for women in, in sexuality. And so the program that I'm putting together is a six-week program on starting from the 15th of February on Wednesday evenings um, that is open to uh, all women, including trans women. Um, and it's just going to be a small group. We're going to be meeting for two hours on Wednesday nights um, to really explore the impact of uh, integrating mindfulness with sexuality and sex education for women. Um, and this is with a particular focus on women who struggle with sexuality. So um, because there's a lot of workshops and a lot of classes for people who are interested in sort of being curious and exploring new things, but there aren't a lot of places that people who are actually suffering in sexuality can go and um, learn how to get themselves to a level where they would then feel more confident to perhaps come to one of your workshops, Rog. So this is like a precursor um, for people who want to start integrating sexuality into their life after they've had some pain or trauma or something difficult happening, um, but they don't, they're not quite ready to go to a fully-fledged sex workshop yet. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. so uh, where can people find you in, in that course? So they can come to my website, which is www.cindydarnell.com. So it's spelled C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-R-N-E-L-L.com. And all my information is there. Um, if they would like to book in for private sessions, I can see people face-to-face -face or via Skype. Um, and all the listings for my workshops are there. And the best way for folks to keep in touch with me is to subscribe to my mailing list, which is also on my website as well. And you, you get a free 22-page um, downloadable book when you subscribe to my website. It's called Reboot Ooh, Your Sex Life. So that's pretty quite exciting. Quite the enticement. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. And Barbara, uh, what do you have coming up? Um, particularly, I'd love to hear about anything, any Australian offerings you've got. Uh, yeah, what have you got coming up? Who's that for? And how can people find you? I'm coming back to Australia from mid-April through mid-May this year, 2017, with uh, two of my signature programs. The first one is the Urban Tantra Experience. That's a weekend workshop on the weekend of April 28th and 30th. This year's theme is Breath, Sensation, and Power. The themes change. Um, this year, you'll learn how breath, conscious touch, and erotic power exchange, all of which obviously can be such great fun. But this weekend, we'll also look at how they can also soothe, center, and empower us in these challenging times. Then, from May 9th through 14th, I'm offering the next Australian edition of the Urban Tantra Professional Training Program. This is a six-day comprehensive training program in the practice and application of conscious sexuality. This is a transformational life and career-changing program for sexuality professionals, for those who are considering becoming a sexuality professional, or people who simply want to take their personal sexuality to that next level. It is, um, has turned into one of the world's kind of cutting-edge sexuality courses, according to my graduates, and it's certainly been the foundation of an astounding, supportive international urban tantra community. And since so much of my work grew, started, and was grown by my Australian colleagues, it is always my greatest joy and thrill 
to come back to Australia because it's life-changing for me, too. Mm. If you want, it certainly is and always has been, and I suspect always will be. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> and so where can people find, can find further information? You can find out more at barbaracarellis.com. That's B-A-R-B-A-R-A, Corellis, C-A-R-R-E-L-L-A-S.com, where you can also subscribe to my mailing list. And much like Cindy, you can also get juicy free downloads. <laughs> Yay. Um, so I'm hoping to see you all in uh, April and May. Yeah, and can I, just, can I just quickly check, Barbara, is uh, the, the site that you've just given out, is that also the most direct route to get to the book Urban Tantra? Ah, you can you can get to the book Urban Tantra or Ecstasy is Necessary right directly from Amazon, if that's your pleasure. Um, if that's probably the simplest, or obviously, go to your local bookstore, support them so that it doesn't close, the bookstore that is. Yes, I, th- I just uh, particularly ask about Urban Tantra. It's been my go-to recommendation for people asking um, what's, a, what's a great starting point um, for my journey into the world of my sexuality. It's just such a profound good book. Oh, thank you. You've been listening to Curious Conversations About Sex, brought to you by Curious Creatures. We run a variety of workshops on sexuality and self-development, and you can find us at curiouscreatures.com. Is B I Z. friends, it's uh, Rog again. Uh, if you're in Melbourne and you like the sound of what we've been discussing today, you might like one of my workshops, uh, Kink 101. Um, it doesn't assume that you are already interested in kink. I almost think of it more as just ways of extending play and expanding touch. But it does take you through the fundamentals of kink in a really safe, measured, cautious way. It's very much about your boundary setting and communication skills and limits and working out how to proceed safely uh, and also having a load of fun. Uh, I run versions of uh, the workshop for couples and for singles, and uh, there are a couple scheduled in Melbourne coming up, so please jump on the website and have a look. That's curiouscreatures.biz.